I'm Chloe. I'm a member of EMYAC, the Mukilteo Youth Advisory Committee, and I'm here with... Hi, I'm Mina. Um, we have a really special guest today. We have Ms. Collison from Explore Middle School. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kirsten Collison, and I teach at Explore Middle School. Uh, this year, I'm teaching uh, seventh grade Summit English and eighth grade Summit and Honors English. Uh, and I'm also the cheer coach at Kamiak. Great. Uh, we'll get into some of the questions. Just to start us off, what are ways you have been separating work and relaxation throughout quarantine? Oh gosh. Um, I think it's really funny, first of all, that uh, you asked me to talk about this because it's not something that I'm great at, but it's something that I think about a lot. And I think maybe it took uh, a pandemic for me to start getting better at that skill of, of separating, um, you know, productivity and relaxation. Um, one thing that I've, I've discovered works really well for me is making sure that I do different activities in different places. Um, so if I'm relaxing, I, I try to stay in like my living room, um, and then I try to keep like my, my bedroom just for sleeping. And so I think there's this tendency and there's this temptation um, that when we're in quarantine and there's the ability to do work from the same place that you sleep or from the same place that you relax, it's a really, really easy tendency to get those things muddled. Um, and I've, I've seen that from the teacher point of view, so I can only imagine how strong that temptation would be from the student point of view. Even just getting physically off your bed and moving to a desk or the floor or somewhere else, I think can help a little bit because that's, that's one thing that's worked for me. I think it gets hard, especially this year, just because like when you're staring at a screen and you're like on Zoom for like five hours a day, and then you're expected to just like stay off of electronics, like to be less um, unproductive at your desk. I think there's like a mix, like there's no boundary anymore because you stare at your screen for so long. Yeah, those temptations are there. I mean, I, I have lots of screens around me right now. It's, it's hard to not be on my phone and be checking notifications, just like turning it over and like setting it to the side. It's, it's those little reminders and letting yourself know if you slip up, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's just actively reminding yourself. Um, I kind of mentioned this, but I feel like doing anything other than homework, like you have an assignment due at 11.59, but you just can't do it. It's 9 p.m. and you're just like, I need a break. Um, yeah. I feel like that's when you feel like the guilt the most. You're like, why can't I just be productive? Like everyone else finished their homework, why can't I? You know, I think it's really interesting that you're bringing up that phenomena because as you were describing that, the first thing that I thought of was college. Um, and I think especially for uh, for you guys, for this age group that's in high school, who's either like a year or a few years out from going to college, this is going to be like a boot camp for you guys where you do have that similar situation where you are in your dorm room or maybe you're in a library or something, but you're you're confined to a specific area and your deadline is 11.59. And you have all this time where you could be doing something else, you could be sleeping, 
but now it's 10 p.m. and you have an essay that you haven't started due in two hours. So <laughs> I think I think it's a, a pretty realistic scenario for where you guys will be, you know, in a, in a couple of years. Um, and hopefully <laughs> you'll have some of the kinks worked out by then. But yeah, that that awareness is is definitely helpful. So online school, we kind of talked about how staring at your screen definitely makes you feel less productive, or at least in the eyes of your parents, they might think you're being unproductive. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that there's a point where you need to just stop staring at your screen? And like, how long do you think that break should be? I think one of the things that's really helped me and that I've seen help a lot of students, and I've also done this with my siblings, is looking at a project and seeing, okay, how much time realistically am I going to need to, you know, to, to finish this project? Um, and then working backwards if, you know, you're going to be especially lazy one day. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's the same for, for screen time. If you know that you have this many hours until something is due um, or you want to do so much in each day, just scheduling that out and then being able to fit in those, those times away from the screen, um, I think can be super duper helpful. What do you think uh, students who are really stressed and overwhelmed right now just maybe from a lot of extra screen time or maybe just like the overload of homework during quarantine. What do you have like tips for that? Oh gosh, um, I'm trying to think of things that have worked for me um, or things that I've seen. I mean, it's really just start small and, and take an honest look at where you're at. Um, I, I know it's, it's hard, especially when it seems like there's a giant mountain of, of assignments. Um, but I think my one goal is just try to be a little bit better than you were yesterday. If, if you can, if you had a day, for example, where you got nothing done, try to get one thing done, just one thing done instead of, oh no, since I didn't do anything yesterday, I have to do 15 things today. Do one try to do one thing and try to do it well and if you if you are really struggling with with course load write to your write to your teachers um i know i'm pretty fast to respond on schoology i think most teachers are i think for the most part teachers are faster to respond on schoology than they ever have been through email from from what i've seen i think um Teachers, for the most part, are, are reasonable people. They're they're reasonable people too, and they're also dealing with this ridiculous world that we live in right now. So, yeah, those are those are my two tips for students. I think is just try to be a little bit more productive than you were yesterday. Try to get you know just one thing done and done well, and communicate with your teachers because chances are they're going to be really understanding. Yeah, um, I've been tutoring a couple students who are like behind through an organization, like through a quarantine, and I've seen them have so much homework just because it like builds up over time. Even if you don't look, even if you don't do your homework for two days, that's already like six assignments probably, and that can be very overwhelming. 
but um, I try to like help them finish at least one or two assignments a day. Um, and I feel like that's more motivating um, because like you do feel more productive. And if you realistically think about it, if you did nothing yesterday and you try to do all six today, then if you do like five tomorrow, you're gonna think, oh, I was less productive than yesterday. But not really, like you just <laughs> overworked yourself yesterday. Um, and I feel like uh, what you said about getting one done, but doing it well is really important because I feel like teachers more than ever are more forgiving about due date. I mean, obviously it'd be great if you could get it in on time for their like grading sake and all that kind of stuff. But if there, if something does come up and it's late, I think most teachers are going to give you full or if not like most credit for it. So I feel like getting it done well is way more important than getting it all done at once. Um, just like for your grade as well, because I think teachers understand. Obviously, I don't have the teacher's point of view. I definitely have like a very, very busy student point of view, um, which can make it difficult to like kind of understand that, oh, teachers are going through this too. Because I feel like students think of it as, oh my God, why are my teachers like assigning 10,000 things at once? Like they wouldn't do that if we were in person. But I feel like teachers are trying to cram one whole year into a semester and it hasn't hit for like the both of us, you know, like for teachers and for students that you're gonna have twice the amount of homework, whether you like it or not, because this is just the way that the world has come to. Um, but I feel like what's one thing, cause you have like, you're kind of a fresh teacher, right? It's been four years of teaching now? I'm not sure. This is my fifth year now. Yeah. Five years, but not too long ago, you were a college student, you did mm -hmm. Um, what's one thing that you want like students to understand from the teachers? Um, yeah, I, I think that it is important to recognize that, that this is a new world for teachers as well. I mean, the, the vast majority of teachers have not taught an online class before. Um, it was really interesting seeing my, my sister's experience heading into this. Um, distance learning setting because this is her second year of doing Reading Start and so many of her classes before this um, were online. Some were, um, so when the, the pandemic started, some transitioned from in-person to online and some stayed online and then her Kamiat classes obviously transitioned to online. Um, and so the online teachers already knew what the appropriate workload would be for that setting. And I think there were a number of in-person Camden teachers who had just never taught online and couldn't really grasp exactly how heavy a curriculum could feel in a distant setting, especially without that support. And just that, that desire and, and panic to fit everything into a specific period of time. Um, whereas I think I probably err more on the side of focusing on the specific skills that I know that students need to learn and then paring it down to not try to fit an entire year in. Um, but I know that's not every teacher's mentality. So yeah, the, the number one thing is just remember that 
Your teachers are trying their best. Um, everyone's at a different point. Uh, not every teacher is as comfortable with the internet itself. But yeah, I mean, teachers teachers are in this too, and we're we're really some of us are really struggling. Um, actually, while I'm while I'm on that point, one thing that I think is really really helpful, and I think this is going to be the hardest thing for any students who are listening to hear. Um, cameras. I know that, that cameras are, are a huge thing. I know the vast majority of students don't have their cameras on. And this is something that I challenged all of my cheerleaders to do. And I, I check in with them on um, a daily basis, whenever we have practices and like, all right, who had their cameras on today? Um, and I think they've done a good job of being pretty honest with me because I can see it in their eyes because we have to have our cameras on for cheer. Um, it's really, really, I don't know what the word is, disillusioning. It's, it's really weird to talk to a blank screen of like 30 boxes. Um, it makes you feel kind of like a crazy person. So just to have <laughs> that little bit of, of normalcy for your teacher so they don't go completely insane, to have that smiling, probably kind of sleepy face looking back at them is really, 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 really helpful. Um, so even if you are the only person in your class to have your camera on, you know, be that brave person because it makes such a difference. And chances are, if you turn your camera on, eventually someone else will too. Um, and that might mean, you know, getting off your bed, turning on a light, putting your hair in a ponytail. I don't know. I don't know. It might involve some minor amount of effort on your part. Um, no one cares what you look like. It's totally fine. Um, but I, I guarantee it will make your teachers stay and it will definitely help your teacher's mental health. Um, because that is one thing that I hear from a lot of teachers is that they, they wish that uh, kids had their cameras on and every time that a kid turns theirs on, it makes their day and it always makes my day. So yes, on behalf of all the teachers out there, please, please. Oh, um, yeah, I've had like multiple teachers where, I mean, some classes, the students are really good at turning their cameras on, even if it's like to show their forehead, maybe their eyes, it's like they still make an effort, but I've seen a lot of teachers just literally beg us, they're like, please turn your camera on, like, it just makes our day, I want to see your beautiful faces, all that kind of stuff, and I just... I turn my camera on in every single class, whether I look great that day or whether I look like absolute garbage, just because I, honestly, if I have my camera off, I feel like I don't pay attention as much because I know that if I have my camera on, people can see me looking down at my phone or they can see me like distracted. And that kind of forces me to pay more attention. But also I just, I feel bad for the teachers who, if you think about it in a real life, setting it's like imagine a teacher trying to teach a lesson and every single student just has their head down and it's just like not paying attention it's silent on mute all that kind of stuff and I just like imagine that I'm like that'd be really weird for the teachers and I just try to make an effort because it's not that difficult 
for me at least, I don't stay in my bed. So if I'm here and I look like this anyways, I don't think it would bother anyone to turn my camera on. It wouldn't bother me to turn my camera on. It's just like a small thing that could make a really big impact. Um, and I think like most students know that. It's just like they don't want to get caught being on their phone. Like some situations are different. Maybe you're in a setting where your parents are working behind you or something like that. But other than that, I feel like it's important to keep your camera on. Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely exceptions to that. Um, I mean, I, I don't mandate in my classes that um, my students have their cameras on. Chloe, you had me as a teacher, so you know this. Um, I have chronic migraines. Yay! Um, and so, uh, yeah, sometimes there's, there's times where it's pretty much impossible for me to have my eyes open. So I'll have my camera off during that. And so I feel like it's a double standard um, so, you know, I, I think that's definitely a completely acceptable time to be in class and be engaged, but if, if you just can't have your camera on for that, or if there's distractions in the background, or if your internet speed is not so great and it's cutting out, totally get that. Um, or obviously times when like the, the teacher is sharing a video or sharing a screen or whatever. Um, but beyond that, I think it's it's something that's really, really helpful. And I think for the majority of teachers, it's less of a control thing or a punitive thing um, where, you know, it, I don't think they're trying to necessarily be big brother and have control over you. It's, it's really just that we're starved, starved for human contact. We, we really, really need it. Um, so yeah, definitely encourage anyone who's listening. <laughs> Guys, turn your cameras on. <laughs> turn your cameras on. Yeah, um, hearing you say that the turning on the cameras is makes a huge difference for the teachers. The teachers are trying to monitor you and make sure you're not on your phone, you're not cheating during assignments or like you're paying attention to the class. I kind of thought of it like that way and I, uh, just cause the, my teachers were pretty very strict about the camera policy, but mm -hmm. I didn't realize that how my teachers might feel about talking to a black screen or like not yeah. being able to like communicate or see their students' facial expressions like when they're teaching. And uh, yeah, I think more people should know about the teacher's point of view. And I think that'll help with better communication between the teacher and the students. Definitely. I mean, I, I definitely, assume that that's the feeling of a lot of students. I mean, coming from a classroom setting to uh, when we're in a setting like this, that, that definitely makes sense to have that transition. I mean, if you have a kid and they're like looking down under their desk, you're going to assume that they're texting. Um, and I, I would assume that most teachers have a little bit more forgiveness right now for things like that. I mean, if, if they catch that, they'll probably say something, but um, I, I think that it's far better to have your camera on, one, for that human contact, and two, sometimes we don't know if, if the kid is even there. Sometimes they might just walk away or, I don't know, be sleeping. Like, I've, I've heard stories where kids are just straight up sleeping in class, and I'm hoping that none of my students have ever been sleeping in class, but I don't know. Yeah, just, just for simple things like that. <laughs> Um, 
I think it's really up to the student whether they want to learn or not because it's so easy to get away from that. Now there's there's a number of articles being circulated around about how kids are falling behind. There's so many skills that students are being forced to learn and they're being forced to adapt right now that they wouldn't have been otherwise. Um, that yeah, it is this crash course in a lot of different things. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think that time management wise with having a less structured day and having to really be self-disciplined, um, it is really gonna set up students to some degree better for college and, and better for the workforce where you don't have bells ringing every 55 minutes. Um, I, I think that this is an opportunity to really hone some of those skills that maybe wouldn't have been as much in the forefront if we were in person. So I think I think one of my big things is just giving giving yourself a little bit of grace. Um, that's one of the things I'm trying to do for myself. Um, and another thing, I mean, this this goes back to the relaxation thing and back to setting some somewhat of a schedule. I'm, I'm definitely a schedule person. Um, I thrive when I feel productive. Um, and when that comes to the school setting, um, I, I know that I need those breaks every once in a while, but that unstructured time can sometimes be difficult for me. And so I try to schedule fun. I always like to have projects. I like little DIY things, painting little things, making little things, stuff like that. So that's something that I know I like. I'm a visual person and I'm a tactile person. So I like crafts. Um, so scheduling fun can always be helpful for me. Um, so that's something that, that I would encourage as well um, is don't just have like loose time um, I mean, it's totally fine to just zone out, but if you have hours on end and you know that you're somebody who likes structure, try to structure in and schedule in some fun. That's a really good tip. Um, yeah, I think doing something that's fun, but something where you have a final product can also make you feel more productive. Um, even if it is like a drawing or a painting or any other like small hobby that you may have, like you feel more productive, but you're also giving yourself a break from more like maybe screen time or just like school in general, you find another way to be productive and that motivates you to do more things throughout the day. Exactly. Thank you for listening to the February podcast. Um, thank you, Ms. Carlson, for being here and giving so many tips. Hopefully, um, I know, I mean, I know I learned a lot from today. And I'm definitely going to implement those tips, maybe like designate different parts of my room for staring at my phone, not staring at my phone, <laughs> so stare at my computer instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, and thank you, Mina, for uh, helping to co-host this episode. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Yeah.